the 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kvec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911. All right, welcome back to Hometown Radio, Dave Congolin program. This is Gary J. Freiburg sitting in for Dave on our News Talk K920 KVEC. We're back to travel now. Another getaway trip that uh, that we can do if you want to get out of Dodge for a little bit. Getting set to join us is the Executive Director of the Santa Monica Pier, Mr. Jim Harris. And Jim, welcome to the Dave Congleton program in San Luis Obispo. Thank you. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Well, I, I sure appreciate you being here. As I uh, was uh, learning about the Santa Monica Pier, it's a um, great little getaway. It's probably just a few hours away uh, from San Luis Obispo. Tell us, when did the pier first open? The pier opened, and, and this is worth writing down, the pier opened on September 9th, 1909, which if you write numerically, is 9909. Oh, well, <laughs> we're not going to forget that date. I'm sorry, what? No, I'm not going to forget that date. No, no, very easy. I teach that to school kids all the time. Uh, and so when it opened, uh, what was the initial purpose of the pier? It was uh, It opened as a public utility. The city of Santa Monica was in, in 1907 and 1908, becoming more and more popular as a beach community. And as a result of being becoming more and more popular, they had a little bit of a problem with sewage. And so they, the solution was to, uh, to build a 1,600-foot-long pier with a pipe under it that would dump treated sewage out into the ocean once a week. When did they stop doing that? <laughs> they stopped doing that in the 1920s when uh, Santa Monica joined the Hyperion Line uh, south of us several miles. Um, i got to be honest with you, though, sewage is still going out in the ocean through that Hyperion Line. But one of the really great things about the Santa Monica Pier is when it opened, um, it was the first ever pier made entirely of concrete on the west coast of the United States. So it did have some distinction um, other than being a sewer pier, it had some distinction as being a very special pier from its opening day. Uh, besides that, what else makes the Santa Monica Pier distinctive? Well, I, I think the longevity. You know, there were a lot of uh, a lot of piers up and down the coast here, and then several amusement park piers. And uh, Santa Monica Pier actually was a little little later in joining the the game on the amusement park pier side when. Uh, an amusement park opened uh, on on the section added on in 1916 and 1917. So all of those other piers, those other amusement piers, are gone. And uh, Santa Monica survived largely because it was built by the city. Um, you know, it's a public utility, so they have all, the city always owned that. It was not a, a private enterprise that owned that part of the pier. It was a private enterprise that owned the amusement park section. But when those other piers went bankrupt down south of us, 
they were torn down, and our pier, fortunately, had survived up until this day. Mm-hmm. And because it's made out of cement, then perhaps it hasn't had the problems that a lot of other piers have had from storms and so on. Well, oh, that's not quite true, Gary. No? <laughs> so it was, uh, well, the pier was originally made out of uh, concrete. The technology just wasn't quite where it needed to be. And the, the, when the city of Santa Monica built that concrete pier, they used beach sand, and that allowed the uh, salt water to seep through the concrete into the ironworks, and actually that those concrete piles only lasted about 10 years before they needed to be replaced, actually with wooden piles, oh. which supported the, pier, supported the pier, and for a long time we had an entirely wooden pier. Um, up until 1983, storms destroyed a third of the pier, and then when they re- when the city rebuilt it, in the late 1980s, they went back to concrete with a, a much better design this time. And, and now, of course, we have the longevity and the ability to withstand storms of this great, great concrete pier that is supporting a wooden deck. Mm-hmm. I want to mention, in case you did happen to join us, we're talking with Jim Harris. Jim is the executive director of the Santa Monica Pier. And, Jim, I, I made a mistake here. What's the name of the book that you wrote? The name of the book is Santa Monica Pier, A Century on the Last Great Pleasure Pier. Okay. All right. Um, yes, and I, I didn't write that uh, in my in my notes. How long is the pier now? The pier is still 1,600 feet. There are people who will argue that it's uh, shorter than it was before, it, uh, before storms tore down the third of it, as I mentioned before. But it was actually built back to its original length. It just looks shorter because the beach has expanded so much. Uh, in which way has the beach expanded? <laughs> the beach, uh, to, to give you an idea, most of the pier, probably about 85% of the pier was over the water in the early part of the 20th century. In 1933 and 1934, the city of Santa Monica built a breakwater to create a yacht harbor right next to the Santa Monica Pier. You may have noticed the very famous piers, Santa Monica Pier sign says Santa Monica Yacht Harbor. Yes. And and by building that breakwater, the, they changed the current of the ocean such that sand began building up um, right underneath the Santa Monica Pier and around it, and which became a, a big problem. The city was uh, fighting to, uh, to dredge out the sand and to, to keep their yacht harbor space available for moorings. <laughs> while the sand was accumulating. And then ultimately the city uh, kind of took a, if you can't beat them, join them kind of attitude and, and uh, built groins to help build up the, the sand accumulation in, in the entire area. And that's how Santa Monica got, got the broad beaches that it's known for today. I see. Hmm. And I, I don't want to belabor this point, but uh, as a kid, my dad took me to uh, Pacific Ocean Park, P.O.P., and I have a, a distinct child memory. I'm probably about eight years old, and I rode that roller coaster 20-some-odd times in a row while my dad sat on a bench and waved <laughs> to me, and, and I'd run by and get on it. And then, and then there was also the one in Long Beach that the name is escaping me right now. Um, the Long Beach Pike. The Pike, that's right, which was a rougher place, I remember, that that they had. So um, you'd mentioned with the breakwater, are there other historical landmarks of the pier? 
Well, there is one one building on the pier is on the National Registry of Historic Places, and that's the everybody calls it the Carousel Building or the Merry-Go-Round Building. Its formal name is the Loof Hippodrome, uh, named after the man who who built it in 1916, Charles I.D. Loof. Charles Loof was uh, a famous carousel carver. He carved the first two carousels at Coney Island, and then embarked upon a career of building amusement parks that featured his carousels. Oh. And this at the Santa Monica Pier in, in the Loop Hippodrome and, and the rides that he built around it, it was his last project before he passed away in 1918. So this building is really, it's the last remnant of the very unique mixture of architectural styles that uh, were prevalent up and down the coast, and especially in the Santa Monica and Venice area. Most of those other buildings are all, all gone or, or have, do not resemble what they once did. This, this building, the Loop Hippodrome, is still a very unique and, and wonderful uh, representation of that, that time in this area. Mm-hmm. So the Santa Monica Pier is very unique in, in that it's a preservation of early 1900s architecture and building techniques. Is that right? The, the Loop Hippodrome is, and the, the building next to it is also a Charles Loop building, but it's one of those that has been changed so much that it doesn't have that that special, unique appeal that the Loof Hippodrome does. Um, uh-huh. To give you a, you know, to give you a, a sense of what being a national landmark means, I am actually in the Loof Hippodrome right now, upstairs above the Merry-Go-Round Building. It's a two-story building. We have no elevator. Oh, <laughs> because, well, because it's a landmark, and you can't change the the appearance of a, of a landmark from the outside, which an elevator would require. Right, right. Uh, Jim, Jim, we have to take a very, very quick break. Everybody, you're listening to the Dave Conklin Program, our hometown radio station on News Talk 920 KVC. This is Gary J. Freiburg sitting in for Dave. Stay with us just for a couple of minutes. We've got a lot to talk about. Santa Monica Pier is fascinating, and we'll find out more in just a minute. All right, welcome back to our hometown radio station, News Talk 920 KVC 96.5 FM, live online. We got podcasts. We're totally high tech now, but welcome back. This is Gary J. Freiberg, and we are talking with Jim Harris. Jim is the executive director of the Santa Monica Pier, built in 1909. September 9th, 1909 is when it uh, it opened. And Jim, tell us a a favorite story or or two of, of yours about the pier. Oh. Well, you know, I, mine, I think, is an origin story. And, uh, you know, I, I grew up in western Colorado. And I, uh, I had intended to go to law school, but got cold feet. That would have sent me to Kansas. But I decided to come spend a year with my uncle in Newport Beach. And uh, ironically, I ran into, in, in Colorado, the owner of the Boathouse Restaurant on the Santa Monica Pier, who offered me a job, and I turned her down back then. And uh, because I I did not want to work in a restaurant business, and what the heck was a Santa Monica Pier? You know, a Western Colorado kid didn't know that much about it in 1989. And so I'm in Newport Beach looking for a job down with my uncle, and uh, out of the blue I get a phone call inviting me up to dinner at the Boathouse Restaurant on Santa Monica Pier with that owner who lived in Colorado. And I said, sure, I'll come have dinner. And uh, she asked me how my job hunt was going, and I said, not so good. You know, it was a pretty rough time in 1989, even for a college graduate. Uh, 
So she told me that I should learn how to tend bar from this excellent bartender that she had behind the bar there. And, uh, and she, would, uh, she said, I know you don't want to work for me. That's fine. Just put on your resume that I, you worked for me for six months, and I'll back you up. So I learned how to tend bar that night. <laughs> and then, uh, then she sat me down for dinner among her friends, and everybody had a paper placemat on there in front of them except where I was going to sit. She asked me how I liked attending bar. I said I really enjoyed it. And she uh, pulled out the other placemat, and on the back of that was a schedule. And she said, this is the last time I will ever offer you a job. And I liked it enough that I took it, and I've been here ever since, 34 <laughs> years. 34 years. Well, uh, and now you are uh, the executive director, and, and uh, your book is the Santa Monica Pier, a, a century of the, and I'm sorry, Jim, that I didn't, uh, didn't write this down before. I mean, I did, but uh, the complete title. Okay, Gary. The original title was, for, the, for that book, is uh, a century on the last great pleasure pier. However... I am just about to send to print, I'm working with my editor right now, a second edition, and it will have a new title called Santa Monica Pier, America's Last Great Pleasure Pier, and that comes out in mid-April of this year. Oh, okay. All right. What percent of, or how much of the pier is dedicated to amusements? Uh, a good a good half of its total space is uh, is dedicated to an amusement park and restaurants and a merry-go-round and an arcade and uh, and really a lot of people think that the Santa Monica Pier is all one one entity when what are, what we really are is kind of a big happy family. Um, if you think of the pier as a three-block city street with a lot of businesses on it, that's the right way to think about it. Mm. Um, privately businesses, um, everybody kind of competing with one another. But like I said, we are a big, happy family. Hmm. Well, that's that's important. Um, I've got several different questions, and I don't know which one to pick, so I'm going to pick this one. I read, was Popeye born on the pier? <laughs> well, you know, if a cartoon character can be born. Uh, yes, uh, the creator of Popeye um, is actually from Illinois. And he was uh, writing writing a comic strip for Hearst newspapers, and uh, he moved to Santa Monica for his health. And his characters were based almost com- all completely on people that he knew in his hometown in Illinois. But he would come down to the pier, and, th- and those characters were olive oil and castor oil and uh, and ham gravy for the uh, comic strip at Thimble Theater. And he and his assistant would come down to the pier every day and, and rent a rowboat from fishing captain out at the end of the pier and discuss new story ideas. Well, they decided that they were going to take the oil family to Dice Island, which is basically Catalina. And uh, they needed a new character, just a short-term character, to captain that ship. And so they based this new character on a man named Olaf Olsen, who had a very distinct look. He wore the uh, sailor's cap. And uh, he had a corncob pipe, and he had big arms, and it was difficult to understand when he spoke. And all of a sudden, this character, this Olaf Olsen real-life person became the physical image for the character Popeye. Uh. And uh, took over the series, became the, the most popular part of the, the comic strip to where they had to change the name from Thimble Theater to Popeye. Huh. 
Well, I could ask more, you know, with the whole spinach thing and everything, but uh, that's just a little interesting little tidbit. And and I don't want, and I am going to rewind. I, I skipped. So uh, a good part of the um, uh, the pier is uh, there's amusements, but there's also a number of restaurants um, and there's other activities too. So I, I really want to draw the big picture of of why a person from here may want to drive down to Santa Monica and and see uh, this historical landmark uh, that we have. Um, I read there's an aquarium uh, at the pier. There is an aquarium. It's actually underneath the pier, and it's often we often joke that it's the best kept secret in Santa Monica because no one can find it. But if you come to the pier, go underneath it, go underneath the merry-go-round building, and you will um, experience uh, wildlife that uh, is actually from Santa Monica Bay. And see them in uh, not their you know as close to their natural habitat as they can be in an aquarium, and uh, it's a, it's a really fascinating educational facility. It's not expensive. Um, it's completely affordable. It's run by the organization Heal the Bay, which is a nonprofit who, who takes care of the ocean and, and dedicates their lives toward that. Um, you know, somebody coming from San Luis Obispo to the Santa Monica Pier, I will tell you this about the pier. The, diff- the experience is different for everybody who comes here. You know, somebody is going to come here and visit and be fascinated by the fishing community out of the West End. Somebody is going to be fascinated by street performers, by the rides, by the, the antique merry-go-rounds that we have within the Loop Hippodrome, uh, by the smells of foods and, uh, and, and just people watching. Everything about it is really fascinating. Watching the sunset. You know, I know you guys have great sunsets in San Luis Obispo. We have great sunsets here, too. And and we have quite a community that gathers at the west end of the pier to watch the sunset every night. Mm-hmm. We also have events here happening all the time. It's just there's there's something magical about this place that every day is different and every day is wonderful. Mm-hmm. Well, and what a great place for you to spend the last uh, thirty four years. Um, we're getting down to our last minute, Jim. What's the website for the Santa Monica Pier? It is santamonicapier dot okay. We are actually a five hundred one three nonprofit. Um, hence, the O R G is our, our uh, okay. suffix. That and let's see, I want to just squeeze it in real quick. Would you advise um, visiting during the week is probably less crowded? Oh, yes, very much so. <laughs> okay. And then the other thing that I want to mention is that I I looked at there is a metro line. So a person from here could go to the metro line, park there, and take the bus over and avoid a lot of traffic and parking costs. Uh, by taking the metro line but you can get that at the santa monica pier.org take a look at jim harris's book a century um santa monica pier of, of the american icon samson's been everybody listen to the dave Conklin program we've got one more we're going to talk about the gig economy um kbc news talk radio we'll be right back The 920 KBEC Podcast Network is presented by the Slow County Real Estate Podcast with House Swayze. Up-to-date information on the local real estate market on your time. New episodes weekly at the podcast link at 920kbec.com and wherever you get your podcasts. California DRE 01111911.